Try to get this out real quick. All right, so folks, thanks again for tuning in to Sports Red Podcast. We got Baldy on the floor. Right? Is a relationship based off of a, a grading system. So that when the trust the process thing came in, our team was an F. Right? Mm-hmm. We were terrible. But the potential mm-hmm. was there. So we were an F. The next year, eh, probably about a D, but everybody was still injured. Yeah. The yep. minute we got our guys, year three, mm-hmm. close to four, when those guys were healthy, right. we literally bumped from a D to a C plus. Mm-hmm. Now, in that C plus era, we were just average. Yep. But we had some guys on that team that could possibly right. get us to a B range. Right. All right? At C plus, right. you're going to have some positives. You're going to have some negatives. You right. bring in a positive. J.J. Reddit mm-hmm. right. helped us become closer to a 78. Right. When we got Jimmy Butler, we became a B plus team. Almost an A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we became a B plus team. Slide up to your mic, bro. Okay. We became a B-plus team. This is just my, my grading system. Mm-hmm. We became a B-plus team with the ability to be an A-minus team and compete at a high level. Still had some things missing, but we were able to compete. Losing Jimmy Butler brought us back down to about a 78. Mm-hmm. The only things that make us relevant is Joel and B. Right. That's my opinion. And it's somewhat factual. Oh, yeah. yeah. Here's what it is. I'm at about 40, 40 seconds. No lie. Because I only want to do this for about two minutes. Mm-hmm. With Joel and B being the cornerstone, we're only about a B minus. Yep. Because all the other pieces, all the other pieces will not allow us to ascend to an A-plus team. We don't have enough in our arsenal to be an A-plus team to where other teams fear us. Mm-hmm. They fear one person on that team. Yep. They don't fear anybody else. Right. So when we go through this dialogue, mm-hmm. take, off your, take off your Sixers fans hat and start thinking basketball. Right. Because in basketball, these grading systems that I be looking at teams, they mean especially something. the way I look at the Sixers, they mean something. the reason why people woke up mad today mm-hmm. was because... Y'all saw number one seed. Yep. I saw a number one seed based off mm-hmm. history. Minimal potential. Yeah. And, and minimal potential. Yeah. That's great points, bro. Great, great points. And just to, just to piggyback a little bit off of that, you said it brought us back to uh, 78. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And like you said, people as fans saw the number one seed. Right. We played a number five seed right. that made a coaching change, struggled to get in and got in. Mm-hmm. They played another a number four seed, another young team that with no playoff with minimal playoff experience. Right. I think the Knicks might have had one person, Julius Randle, with yeah, playoff experience. Yeah. But the problem my other one of the par- small problems I had with it is we got beat by a team that was arguably a 75, 76. Mm-hmm. They had young legs. Not even young ladies. Like everything that yeah, Baldy like, just like said. Young, everything that like Baldy just said. Well, we, we got, got one beat. Of the youngest teams yeah. too. No, we, we got beat by. But still, we got beat by a uh, seventy-five, somewhere between I'm gonna say seventy-four, seventy-six team. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So in essence, if you play the numbers, they damn they equal. They pretty much equal. Well, on paper, you're talking about football. No, I'm just saying playing the numbers. Like with the grading system, 78 to about a 76 for, at best for the Hawks. They pretty much the same level. The difference was the supporting cast had nothing to lose. True. They've been saying it all, all series. Their supporting cast had nothing to lose. For the majority of them, it was their first time ever that's in the playoffs. Right, that's what I'm saying. The young so they didn't have nothing to lose. Yeah, go for it. It's a lot easier to go out house money, Baldy, and play pressure. as opposed to fans seeing the number one seed. Yeah. Allegedly, yeah. we're supposed to beat them. And by right, they should have beat them. Yeah, on paper, they're better. Okay? Yeah. They left two games. They gave away two games, at uh, least. The first game? No. The first game? I'm not mad at the first I mean, game. No, I, right I was a little game. shocked. Yeah, I wasn't. But you got to understand, I got, I going into that first game, right. the Hawks were coming off of a hell of a momentum. Yeah, that's why I bet against them. Y'all. And again, yeah. with the Sixers being who they were, yeah. what people saw, number right. one seed, True. the way they played throughout the season, the way they... The way they scuffled right. in that Washington series yeah. with a team that has two superstars. Yeah. The way they played them, mm-hmm. they saw that. you look at that and you say, oh, yeah, Hawks shouldn't be no problem. Yeah. But the Hawks came in. And the sad thing about it on the Hawks' point of it a little right. bit is they gave us their best shot that particular game. That was their best game. The first, the first game was their best game. If you look at all the numbers and you just understand basketball, that game one was their best game through the entire series. And you know what? True. And what happened, and the bad part about it, I'm just going to say if you can come yeah, in, ball. The bad, the small bad part about that right. is the Sixers still almost won that game. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. When you look at, I got the series, right, just us. I didn't even look at, yeah. at the, uh, I didn't even copy the Hawks stuff because they ain't about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's about the productivity of the Sixers. Absolutely. And when I looked at, that game one, that is arguably the best game that the Sixers played in terms of uh, 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 rebound, assists, and points collectively. Game, game one. one. Mm-hmm. After game one, there's some, shit. you know, jo- JoJo had 40, then it was a 22 by Tobias, and it was a 21 by Seth. They were violent. Then you go to the next game, and you got yeah. 22, 27, 18, right. 12. And you got 20, 11, 17, 17, 10. Right. And you got 37, 36, 22, 20. But when I look at this game one and him having 39 and then Ben Simmons having 17 and 10 and then Seth had 21 and then Tobias Harris had 20 and 10, that game, that game, the first game, offensively was the best completed game for the starters. Right. Mm-hmm. Our bench ain't give us nothing. nothing. What y'all lost by? We lost by four. We lost by four. But but what we gave up was the shot attempts on the threes. They shot almost 40 threes that game. And they shot like damn near 80% that day. And when you look at that game, they never shot that many threes again. Mm -hmm. You know why? And their percentage was never that high. And their percentage was never Never that high again. Like you said, the momentum ball. Well, yeah, the momentum. That's why I bet it. Here's real quick. I'm not just saying I'm going to put my bets out there. You're right, Fred. Freddie Boone said the Sixers played with no urgency. When the series by six, 
But I knew y'all was going to lose that game, that first game, that first game. Not the series, because the momentum. After I, that, I knew y'all was going to trash it. Here's what, I, here's what I thought game one. Yeah, I knew y'all was going to lose that game. Period. The Sixers <clears throat> has played some of their worst games <clears throat> at home. Yep. They played better on the, the road. road. Right. They lost one. One one. Yeah. Lost one. One one. Yeah. Lost, lost, one. They, they got they home. they lost. The Hawks winning them two back to back games yeah. mm-hmm. was the first time in this series that any team won two in a row. Yep. Yeah, true. They said that too. Yes, Which true. when they got the three two, mm-hmm. they have won two games that's in a, a row. That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then we won the next one yeah. to make it three three. Mm-hmm. And then now here it is. We lose game, game seven. Game five, that's what The five. kick is, mm. and and we all seen it before. Mm. When that game's on the line, I don't care what you do in the first half mm. right. or it means in nothing. that third quarter. <laughs> it's something about when that clock strikes six minutes, we find a way to deteriorate or we find a way to go away from what was making us mm-hmm. good. Comfortable yeah. on the court. See, their guys play with with comfortability and reckless abandonment. All right. game long, they don't right. care. They don't care. We lose, we lose. To be quite honest, they guys, they, their guys, got more heart. Yeah. It's a shame to say that. No, it's, it's a fact. It's a fact. And sometimes when your guys got heart and they can play comfortable, yeah, it don't matter how big good your team is. It's a big advantage, man. It don't matter how good your team is. It's a big advantage. A person who's dead. A Hall of Famer in another sport. Walter Payton was the biggest. You can't. You, you can't. You he can't. Had a big heart. He had a heart. But you he can't. Had a heart. Right. But you can't. Point. Yeah. He you you can't. You can't compare. You can't compare athletes like Walter Payton yeah, to today's far, athletes. Far not even. Not even heart. with the heart. You, you, I mean, it, that was kind of good. That's why. I love, but you I, can't I, really I compare. Because he had heart. But man. you can't really compare those dudes in that era right. to these athletes now. Yeah, they ain't. Because the it's a lot of these dudes. It's a lot of these dudes that are. It's a lot of these dudes that are stars or good players yeah. because of skill set. It ain't got nothing to do with heart. Right. Yeah. I mean, just to turn the, just to go off the page a little bit. Do you think about it? Right. When it all boils down, when you look at Milwaukee. Right. Who's their superstar? Yeah. Okay. But if you watch most of their games, who closes out games no, for them? No, no, no. I like, if I keep Just in all, but listen. If I keep picking but this is I my like point. Him. But this is my no. point. You got a superstar. He's who? He's a Robin. The superstar Robin. who should. No, he ain't Robin. But you got a superstar who should be the one on your team that you go to to close out yeah, games. Yeah. But, but now no. they, they have an all-star that they have to close out games. And so, and before we close out today, Claude mentioned something about that. Claude Robinson, if you tuned in, thanks for tuning in. Always great insight. He mentioned something about that series, and I wrote it down. And we can, if we get to it, we'll get to talk about that a little yes, bit, sir. too. But the, 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 the issue... <laughs> with the Sixers is, and like I said, I, I, I can't sit here today. Well, I can't. I said I'm not going to sit here today and single any one person out because there's enough blame to go across the board. True. Okay? True. True. For a long time, mm-hmm. I've been telling people that Ben Simmons is not a point guard. Hear me when I say this, people. And Baldy's been here with me. Frank's been here with me. Mm-hmm. I've been saying it right. damn near forever. You make something he's not, right? That Ball, Ben Simmons is not a point guard. He was, he was playing right. point guard. Right. So you have to understand mm-hmm. 
it's a difference between being a point guard and playing point guard. True. I've asked some people in the last several days and the last several weeks, excuse me, mm-hmm. out of all the basketball that you've known and seen, how many point guards have you ever seen dribble the ball in transition or dribble the ball down the court, get into the paint, Turn around, face away from the basket, and look to kick the ball out. No, I seen one. I Jason Kidman did that. I seen one. <laughs> Jason so we gonna take that one out. Go ahead. Go ahead, I seen one. Who? 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 Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson. Okay. Avery Johnson. Right. San Antonio. I, I can give you that. Jump shot, and he would kick out on. Time. I can give all you that. Then they took him out. Right. And they put Speedy Claxton in. True. True. There you true, go. True. Now that's the only one. But. But you hear what he just said on the tail and He said, but he learned. But he, he yeah. Eventually, eventually down the stretch. I mean, I'm sorry. Not, it was, it was, Avery Johnson had an issue with hitting. Yeah. But also Tony Parker. Yeah. Tony what? Parker. But, yeah. At, at one time, in the beginning? Yeah. yeah. No, no. Not no. in the beginning. In the very beginning? No, not in the beginning. And, and Speedy Claxton was on that team. And right. Speedy Claxton and that was a championship year. And that was a championship yeah. season. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing is, and the only difference I give you, and that, that's great, and I forgot about them too. Yeah, yeah. But. The only difference is this dude is six foot ten. Why are you scared? You got to so, that problem. Yeah. So the majority of the time, even though you're playing point guard, you a lot of that game you have another point guard guarding you. Yeah, he's bigger than him. So no excuse. Shouldn't be a problem. Well, let's let's roll back the tape, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> NBA Finals, uh, Boston uh, versus Miami or Cleveland. When Brown was in Cleveland, oh boy. I want to say Cleveland. And LeBron James was posting up Rajon Rondo. Oh boy. And Kendrick Perkins was coming over on a double. Uh, and Rajon Rondo said, no, "Get out of there! Like don't don't come over! Here. I got him." Mm-hmm. He don't know how to post. Mm-hmm. And he literally put his forearm on LeBron. They didn't even double team him. He missed the shot. LeBron couldn't get get in he couldn't two get feet because yeah. he was not comfortable. He didn't bully him? He, he wasn't was not comfortable. comfortable with his back to the basket. Like Hakeem. LeBron James is a face-up guy. Yeah, true. Over the course of time, he's he gotten got comfortable. Gotten with better. But at yeah. that time, yeah, he, wasn't a com- he was he wasn't not comfortable, comfortable. Yeah. And right. it's clear, like and it's right. quite clear right. Right. that Ben Simmons is not comfortable either facing up, shooting, yep. or with his back to the You're back. right. I saw yeah. a couple times. It's, it's, right. The advantages are there. But this? see, this is what we're talking about, a point guard. Right. If we had a guy like uh, Levingston, mm-hmm. not Cliff. Sean Levingston. Sean, Levingston. I'm sure, I'm sure. Sean Levingston had the same wide reframe. Mm. The only difference was if he seen that that he had a small guard on him, mm-hmm. he walking him, walking him, walking him, yeah. turn around. Yeah. Tayshawn Prince yep. would no, do the oh, same thing. It was good. I mean, and these yeah. were big guards yeah, who could recognize. I can give you one different nice. era, although the, the analogy fits. Yeah, Mark, Jackson. Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. Oh, oh, oh. Mark Jackson did that and to AI. Too. Mark he Jackson did Mark it to AI. Mark Jackson, what he did to AI was... We could be in Canada because Mark Jackson. I was about to say Mark Jackson was one of the slowest people on the court when he was on the court. I'm learning something. I learned from But he understood and he was comfortable there. Absolutely. I love Mark Jackson. Absolutely. So to say 
that, and I, I'm, I'm guessing and I'm hoping that some people are, are going to see it now mm-hmm. and actually own up to it. But Ben Simmons is not a point guard. And every time I talk about it, I always make reference to the two three-peats with the Chicago Bulls. And people are saying, well, they had Michael Jordan. And Scottie Pippen ran the he, offense. He didn't win by himself. Hold it. But understanding the game of basketball, mm-hmm. Scottie Pippen was the facilitator. Problem, yeah. Meaning, mm-hmm. we can get the ball across half court, we're going to funnel everything through Scottie. Because he's bigger. A lot of 70, 60% of the time, he's going to have a smaller person guarding him. So he can see everything. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, <laughs> there was always a solid point guard on that roster. He ain't so Scotty was one of them people where you ran the offense through him in the half court. Right. If he got the rebound, he can go in transition, mm-hmm. whatever. But. When it came to be late in games, everybody had to play honest on defense, wherever they were playing. Because they had a list of point guards that would shoot the ball, hit open jump shots, or create enough space off the dribble to get themselves a better shot or to get someone else a better shot. So it's a list. And I mean, mean, the Chicago Bulls, them two three-peats, in my opinion... In my opinion, the makeups of those rosters, they did it the best. And if you think about it on the flip side of that, at that particular era, the big man wasn't part of the the NBA. Their big men were not as skilled as our big man is today. Or a lot of our big men are today. But the problem is... The European game has had a major effect on today's NBA, which you have all of these guys that want to shoot threes. Everybody wants to shoot a three. But like Baldy said, you had guys that could hit shots that would shoot the ball. Okay. You had had Steve Kerr. You had John Paxson. Craig Hodges. B.J. Armstrong. Ron Harper. That's five right there. But not even so much that. These are guys that were point guards, like I said, that understood their roles and were confident and had enough basketball IQ where, like I said, either either they can dribble and get their own shot, they're going to stick that open jump shot, or they got enough savvy to create for other people along with themselves. So... Here you have a dude yeah. that's 6'10", right. from overseas, from Australia, came here to play high school. I think he played two years of high school here. Mm-hmm. Played one year of college. Mm-hmm. Okay. He didn't make the tournament. Mm-hmm. And the college that he went to, bottom line, was a favor to his dad because one of the coaches staff was a good friend. Right. Godfather. So basically, Godfather. So basically, what that was was he had some influence where this kid's gonna come in and we gonna let this kid shine. We gonna put pieces around him. We gonna we gonna tutor these other dudes to play around him, but we gonna let him freelance as much as possible. Because if you look at it, he was that he was that transition dude. 
And he was not a good half court. He's not a good half court player. player. He was a transition dude. Ben Simmons. Ben, yeah. Yeah. And, the and the conference that they were in put LSU, the SEC as far as basketball. When he went there, coming from Australia, yeah. doing what he did at high school at Montverde, one of the arguably the best high school basketball programs in the country. Right. So at any given time, he playing with four, three to four more five star recruits. Which makes the games a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. Okay? So, as far as basketball in the SEC at that time, with him going there, like I said, with his track record from Montverde, put them a lot higher than what they should have been in that conference as far as basketball. Overrated a little bit? I can't say overrated because they had some other pieces. Right, right. Those other pieces were just handcuffed right. because you Ben Simmons... Because Ben Simmons was the next best thing yeah, true. coming out. Mm-hmm. So the other guys were kind of handcuffed. Right, right, right. Okay. But now you have this guy who comes into the NBA. His first year in the NBA, he gets hurt. No big issue there. Shit summer, happens. Summer yeah, it happens. In the summer league, it happens. Yeah, no, it happens. It happens. Yeah, two years had to wait for him. But then he comes back, and you have a coach – of the Sixers franchise at the time, Baldy, who also had ties to the family. Right. Same situation. Mm-hmm. So there was no room for improvement him coming in. It was just a ride-the-wave transition. Man. It was a ride-the-wave transition. Yeah. It was a ride-the-wave. Now, I ain't going to say spoon-fed, but it was a ride-the-wave transition. Right, right. Everything that he did in college, he came into a situation where he was allowed to do those same things, which doesn't help your growth as a player. Michael Jordan said that. It doesn't help your growth as a player. So when you label him as the point guard because of his skill set, that also halts your progression because the things that I do very well no, the things that I do very well are just those things that I do very well. I'm not going to improve by playing the point guard position because I honestly don't know how to run a half court offense. If you go back and you watch, if you go watch the Sixers game, right? You go watch any of the game. You go back to when he first got officially was able to play with the Sixers with Brett Brown. Like Paul said, he was playing pickup ball. He wasn't running offense. I mean, Brett Brown was calling plays or whatever and whatnot, but he he never slowed the ball down and saw play develop, saw some defense and then changed the play. He never did that. Still don't do it. So he's not a point guard, people. And I'm sure and I'm hoping that some people will finally get to see it and understand what I'm saying when I say that. What I've been saying for the past, what, is, what has he been in the league, five years now? Mm-hmm. So at least for the past three or four years, the last three years, he is not a point guard. He was playing. He was playing point guard. At this point, at this point, with what I've seen, he's a basketball player. I can't give him a yeah. position. Yeah, One, two, three, four, five. No, I can't. No. You can't a, give him a player. He's a basketball player. He's just a player. Because, or not? 
It's an it can be if he if he uses if he uses it if he uses it in the right if he could get it if he if he could get to use it in the right way it could be a compliment because as far as just basic basketball wise he has a good IQ as far basic basketball wise he does so many things well that he could be an attribute to any team you put him on. That's a compliment. But the simple fact that Brett Brown gave him the ball and told him he was the point guard, and see, it's that, like I said a little while ago, it's that European catching up and having a major effect on. Brett Brown was an assistant coach on the San Antonio Spurs. Okay? And if anybody knows, anybody paid attention, the Spurs, starting out, had the most overseas influx in the history of the game. In the NBA, yeah, the history. So, and Brett Brown came from Brett. coaching overseas. Yeah, but, uh, pop, yeah. But or before that, team. Yeah, right, right, his right. father been yeah. him his father played in, for yeah. Brett yeah. Brown. Brett Brown. Yeah, so that's why he's so. Yeah. It was that yeah. overseas aspect that you tried to input on this team, right. and you didn't have the proper pieces to have that type of input. Right. So, for him. To play the way he has played the last two years, I can understand why the fan base has been wanting to trade him for the past two years. I can understand why a lot of the blame or some of the heavier part of the blame is being focused on him. But on the flip side of that, me understanding basketball it's not all his fault. Yeah. Okay. If I had to percentage it, I'm gonna go seven. I'm gonna go sixty forty. Yeah. Right. Because he shouldn't have been put in that place, the in that position in the first place, right. and then the other forty cent, forty percent, is him not having, not having the, heart, not having the t- testicular fortitude to understand. Where he was lacking and try to improve on that. They said he tried this year. Tried where? Um, I, I'll where? This. Where? Where did he try? He, me he tried to do it better. She where? Tried. Because I, in the preseason, he hit a couple of three quarters. Really? I'll say where this. did he try? I agree with you, Dale. Yeah. I'm, where I'm, where I'm, did I'm he try? I'm, I'm and you. I go back to, and right. I always go back to when I'm when I'm coaching kids. Right. And kids say, Coach, I was working out. I worked out all week. And the first thing, whether they did or they didn't, but let's just say a kid went to the courts. <laughs> Every day. And, Coach, I worked out every day. You can go. It don't matter how many shots you shoot. You can go to the courts every day and practice the wrong stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're not really learning anything. Just because you went up there and made 200 jump shots, the question is, when you took them jump shots, were you in motion? Was it off the dribble? Were you coming off curls? Yeah. Were you doing in-game shots or were you just up there having somebody take the ball out the net for you and give yeah. it to you? Right, yeah. right. That's not working right. out. Yeah, like, like before you finish, ball, mm-hmm. I mentioned a while ago when we talked about the big three, when the big three, like the second year of the big three, and I saw a video with Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, who when I went to see the big three when they came here at damn near 50, if not 50, could arguably log some minutes on some of these NBA teams right now. He had a workout video where 
he stopped the guys that were working out and he brought up to them just what Baldy said. He said, all this shit that you're doing is fine, but what you need to do is work on the stuff that's going to benefit you in the game. If you're a point guard, you need to be working on free throws after practice, but you need to be working on one, two dribbles, get to that foul line extended, get to that mid-range, coming off curls, stuff like that. Stuff that's going to benefit you in the game. Shots and action that you're going to actually get in a game. That's the only way you're going to get better. Like Baldy said, I can go shoot 100 jump shots. And he worked on unorthodox shots that, like, a weird fadeaway. Mm-hmm. Certain shots where and uh, a defender with an extension yeah. still might couldn't be able to get to you. But he was doing he was he was doing things that he knew that a smaller guard would have to do in the course of a game. Right. So when you when you watch him give Jordan and them 39. Look at the 39 he gave them and how he gave it to them. They weren't a lot of threes. It wasn't a lot of threes. They were spotted up shots. The shit you seen him practicing on. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy that, you know, Kate, I believe that the elite guys in the league, the elite scorers, I'll say that. Because not the elite guys, the elite scorers. Yeah. Most of the guys that are your elite guys in this league are elite scorers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It ain't, it's a fact. Booker. Yeah. Look at the elite guys. Booker. They're all Booker. Now, Kawhi is is an enigma because I was about to say Kawhi in there. And and as much as I hate to say it, you can throw James Harden in that mix. As much as I hate to say it, you can throw James Harden in that mix. But one of the other ones who I think is one of the best at it, if not the best at it, Bradley Beal. Oh yeah, Bradley. Oh yeah, Bradley Beal. Yeah. Listen, CJ McCollum can score. Yep. Dane can CJ score McCullough. with buckets. Oh, yeah. I will hope we get Dane. We're not gonna get him. Let me leave that alone. But my my conversation about about that entails it creates work ethic. Mm-hmm. Now, absolutely. Granted, there's this snippet of what's up? Uh, 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 the guy that's the uh, trainer for the Lakers that uh, JC knows. For uh, JC's full court. Phil Handy. Nah, what's his name? Uh, uh, I can't remember his name. But he just did, he actually was just talking about this Kobe moment, right? Mm, yeah. Right, right, right. You're talking about Phil, right? That was with, that was with LeBron in Cleveland. Okay. Black guy with the salt and pepper beard. Okay, yeah. yeah that's Phil. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Phil Handy. So I, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So I'm watching him talk, and he said, listen. Shout outs to JC, too. So he mm-hmm. told, he asked Kobe. Yo, why don't you pass these guys the ball? Like, why don't you rely on them? He said, listen. He said, I watch these dudes go out, party, come in the gym on time, mm-hmm. and then and then leave when it's time to go. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't trust them. Yep. He said, if I'm in here two hours earlier working on my craft and staying two hours later, and I'm the leader. Why y'all not doing it? Y'all see what it took for right. me to, to be yep. who I am. Why wouldn't you try to copy that yeah. blueprint? He says, yep. so when that game's on the line, the reason why I don't pass on the ball, I don't trust what they're going to do with yep. it exactly. because they haven't shown they haven't me that. Shown and Kobe, Kobe yep. said the same thing. And I mean, so it, you it, can't it, trust what Ben Simmons may or may not do. I'm thinking on that But what you do know is what he showed you. And I can tell you right now, the only thing that creates 
good basketball or anything in sports is a repetition that allows you to be comfortable on the court. I don't care about no videos of him shooting no, no threes in the gym with jokers my height. Right. That don't mean that's that's regular old, mm. regular old uh, recreation. Yeah. He's supposed. Why to, he not in the at gym that with, level? With, uh, at that when, point, he's supposed to do that. Those, when Kobe was doing those uh -huh. workouts, right? For, for the last four like, years, yeah. why wasn't he in that gym? I mean, and Booker was working out with Kobe. But I'm right, saying, and also that's the one to go to. Booker, yeah. because it used to be that Jordan camp that everybody right. went to. Yep. Okay, when Kobe started running oh, his joints, God. right? Then you also got to look at. Look at the outside on other angles too. You had guys that want to be great. Jason Tatum is arguably a small forward. You know who Joe, you know who he worked out with a lot? Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, okay. He did the Kobe thing, but he worked out a lot with Joel Embiid. That's why Joe was good. And not even that. That's why Tatum is so good yeah. because in their workout regimen he's, he's in their workout regimen mm -hmm. he has to guard and be mm -hmm. and it's not a make it take it it's a one basket and then you off somebody else you got to wait your turn to come back mm -hmm. so that that's you wanting to hone your craft yeah, he's a right. problem too he's right problem. where guarding joel and b and guarding joel and b doing the things that he does in the game flow mm -hmm. Makes it easier for him to guard his position. Yeah, I knew Kobe Holland. Okay, so and getting back to that Kobe real quick, that's one of the things AI said. AI said he went to LA one night, one time to play the Lakers. Kobe picked him up from the airport. They hung out, whatever. They went to dinner, and he's like, you know, Kobe says you want me to drop you off somewhere, or whatever. He said, yeah, well, drop me off at the club. And AI's like, yo, it's like 11, 12 o'clock midnight. Kobe said, all right, I'm gonna drop you off. He was like, well, where you going? So I'm going to the gym. All, I heard about that all the time. Who does that? Yeah, and listen. Old, hey, 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 guys hey, that want to be great. Hey, and guess how old he was. You should know. Doesn't matter how old he That's was. That's what I'm trying to say. He's a young man. He guys, club. He got money. Guys that want to be great. He wants okay. to be great. You know what I'm saying is? Mm -hmm. You are who you are. Go, go ahead. There are the, those who won't will and those who will won't. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of guys yeah. that claim that they want to be great. They they don't understand what greatness. They think they've all they think they already reached greatness because they mm -hmm. got the paper. Yeah. Yep. So in actuality, mm -hmm. they've reached the pinnacle of what they're going to be. Absolutely. Because they they yeah. felt like they made it. And they yeah, feel they like, like they made it. Yeah. 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 But, but you got here's a guy. You take a dude like Kobe, who, who sure. father was in the league. Joe he's Joe been Joe. around. Mm -hmm. He's been around all these dudes all his life. He and he got a he got a taste of both sides. But he got a he taste had of overseas and he, to work hard. Right. Yeah. He got a taste of overseas and he had a taste of the regular NBA game. You know, MJ yeah, all, I mean all you, you know, gotta Mike. do yeah. honestly, all you Mike. gotta do is look at the young men of the fathers that played in the league. Mm. Their lives, most of them, I can't say all of them, but most of them, their lives have been Sort of okay because of the paper. Mm -hmm. The paper made their mm -hmm. lives a little comfortable. That's yep. why I say can't, I can't say all of them. Yeah. Right. Some jokers out here who father was in the league and their father don't mess with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the, a lot of them had the ability to to just sit back. You know what I mean? I made it. I made it. Yeah. To just sit and back. And just say, yeah, my pop was here, so I'm supposed to be I'm great. I mean, you can take a dude like Jalen Rose. 
who did not know his father. Yeah. And his father was in the league. I love Jim. Yeah. And then when he found out like who his father was, right. well, he wore the same jersey just backwards. Yeah, we talking about that. Mm-hmm. To kind of, all right, well, you ain't really do nothing for me, but I'm going to show you I can ball. Right. That's that's a kicker. And now, even though Jalen Rose never became a superstar, yeah. he was somebody in the league. He was definitely somebody in college. Oh, hell. Absolutely. And he was that's he was somebody in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you looking at the margins of greatness. Mm-hmm. And again, you got guys that that when you get I think that at a young age, you love the game. You love the game. And even the kids that love the game. There's going to be a separation between the kids that truly love it and the kids that loved it and now they only like it. Yeah. Because video games are kicking. Yeah. Chicks mm-hmm. are kicking. Oh, and that'll love. separate yeah. uh-huh. these young cats that live, eat, sleep, and drink basketball. Then when you get to college, everybody kind of loved the game because yeah. that's why you're there. Right. And then there's a separation between who really want it. Chicks. Just your just your want to be better because now you that much closer of being a professional in the league. Yep. I got I got kicking. Listen, right? man. At the end yep. of the day, it's only sixty four spots. The first thirty two is guaranteed. The other thirty two, you gotta make that team. Yeah, old Absolutely. Saying, you gotta do your homework, so right? <clears throat> now you talking about how much do you really love it on the collegiate level? Yeah. And even if you don't make the league, how much do you love it now that you ain't making? Right. Are you willing to still fight the fight the fight to get in, go overseas, mm-hmm. G League, do all these things to do it? Yeah. That's a story. Yeah. That's and, a story. and some guys do. Right. Some, some guys, guys do. do. Some guys don't. Yeah. And some guys don't. Right. Some guys just say, you know what, man, oh, man, the politics of the game. And it yep. is politics in the game. Yeah. But there, there's a separation of who loves it and who like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even at the professional level, mm-hmm. there are the guys who like it, yeah. and, and there are the guys who love who it. Love it. Love yep. it. Yeah. And when they yeah. love it, you can tell because there's something in them. There's a gear in them that other guys don't got. Well, I might yep. say they're all-star games. I love yeah. it. I think so, like, yeah. so now that we're talking that point, okay, yeah. and, and everything that we've seen from Ben Simmons, all the conversations that have been had about and surrounding Ben Simmons, not even just social media, just mainstream media and everything. And we all know what his take usually is paraphrasing mostly and what in a nutshell i really don't care what people say i am who i am i'm going to do what i do so for the first time i believe for the first time he actually comes out and he says i didn't do enough and he's acknowledging his scoring woes and his free throw struggles so Mm -hmm. but what's enough right the way i look at this is like brother just said first question is what's enough second part to that is why has it taken so long Five for years. you? Why has it taken so long for you to own up to it and acknowledge it? Which, if you say that now, that's a BS. I don't know how. I don't know how sincere it really is. Right. It's so, not sincere. You know why? Bottom line is right. that means that you knew. But what? But, but why? Why that? didn't that's you do? Hold on. That means that you knew. Right. So, why play the facade when you don't care what people say? And then it shows out on the court. So, that means that you knew. Right. So, I beg to ask, why didn't you do anything about it? You trying to satisfy the media. 
him saying that is just it's it's almost like a politician answering the question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that nobody asks another question. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the reality, if I was asking the questions, and he would say, if he said that. Well, I uh, uh, well I could have did better or whatever. Well, what? Well, at what point? Right. At what portion of the game? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about better before the season started or during the season or during the playoffs? Like, right. be specific right. when mm-hmm. you're talking about all the above. Yeah, he's generalizing. Yeah, yeah I'm right. Yeah. And there's no generalization. Well, no. There's no generalization. He has to identify what that means. He's playing possum with the entire what situation. Imagine if he said this. Just, I mean, you're not saying you're a big fan. Imagine if he said the whole, my whole career. He's not going to say that. But he's playing possum. That is shock. No, if he said that, possum with the whole situation. it would be some genuine, it would be a Probably one of the most genuine answers mm-hmm. that you'll probably ever ever right. hear. Yeah. Okay, so so we got Claw in there. Claw always always tuned in, always great insight. Now, so apparently and obviously, Claw has been tuned in since from the very beginning. This is what Claw has to add right now. Right. It's over for Ben here, but we saw the videos of him shooting and being aggressive. It's mm-hmm. deeper than people think. That kid loves basketball. It's been his his escape all his life, but we really need to look. We need we need to look at the psychological aspect. Right. Something is off mentally. He's at a low that he's never felt in his life at this moment. He needs clinical help. Everyone is quick to forget about that story and act and accusation by his sister. It's mm-hmm. something there, y'all. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Claude says, "What's up to everybody?" So, what's up? What to you? What's up back to you, Claude? Thanks for your insight again. So, people got to remember what that story was. Very, very valid points. Very, very valid. Points. Like I said, Claude is always one to give basketball insight. And like oh, I mentioned, get somebody some clinical help. And like I mentioned, and like I mentioned in Baldy's intro, somebody that truly understands our point of view and how we are analyzing what we analyze when we analyze it. Right. So. I can get behind uh, something is off mentally because I was always brought up on the game or the way I was always brought up on the game. I don't feel right starting out comfortable. Mm -hmm. I got to go to the basket and get to the free throw line, see the ball go in the basket. And a lot of times that usually calms players down. That gets you in your rhythm. And one? Not even an and one. Just go to the basket. You know that's a guard's perspective. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's why. That's why I said it. The main one to do it. That's why I said it and didn't say any position yeah, because I knew you was going to catch it. But that he's he's, well, that he's a legend. He's, he's been put to play guard. Right, right. So that's the guard's perspective. That's the kind of perspective you're supposed to have. But right. when you look at him, like Baldy said, you watch the game within the game. Watch the game without sound. When you look at his face, his facial expressions, and you mentioned this the other day, his facial expressions, when there's the potential of him being fouled and yeah. having to shoot free throws, like it. it changes. Right. Like, he could have three or four fast break dunks in a row. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. He's strutting. Yeah. Ah, He's yelling. Yeah. yeah. No issues with that. Yeah. He's but three plays after that, there's that potential where you can go. No, there's that potential when you can go 
But then you look and you see that I might get fouled here. And that's when that dribble gets picked up. And now you want to kick. Now, he's always been known, always, from day one, to get in the middle of the paint and throw that joint out 35 feet. Yeah, I see. Meanwhile, you're 6'10". So, there's a small floater. Or a dunk. You're left-handed. Dunk it. There's a short Is is he truly left-handed? Because his high school and college career, he was right-handed. Well, he shoots with his right hand. He's a left so but, is, now, but is he truly a lefty? That so. that's another big yeah. question then, too. Well, and I think that's reason. part of I think that's part of what Claw meant when he's yeah. like the clinical part. Yeah. Like, is he is he truly a lefty yeah. or is he no, what? No, no. What right. it is is yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, Le, LeBron James being his mentor. Right. LeBron James is his guy. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is left handed. Mm-hmm. His dominant hand is he writes he with writes his left, left hand. Yeah, yeah, right. He shoots with his right hand. Right. LeBron James shoots with his right hand. So when people see LeBron James makes a cross-the-court pass with his left hand, they say, oh, it's with his left hand. He's left-handed. Right. So it's the same. Vince Simmons, is he writes with his left hand. He's left-handed. But when you see him shoot a free throw, he shoots it. He literally shoots it with his right hand, but he tw- he, he turns it. the ball. Yeah. Wow. So it's not. This. It's not a smooth. It's, it's not a forward rotation. It's, this. it's a it's a global spin rotation. Yeah. It's almost like he trying to spin the ball yeah. on his finger. Yeah. Wow. So which makes it makes, makes it a big difference. Big difference. We can talk about that later. So Ben is worse. Yeah. So Claw says Claw said his sister said their half brother sexually molested her since three. Wow. That brother is Ben's agent. Look the story up. Okay. Since then, Ben's game went to an all-time low. He's crippled by his fear of failing, which keeps him from even trying. That kind of fear is deep-rooted. It is. Yeah. I know that. Very valid points. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Yeah, his brother was his agent. His I will say His brother was his agent. If you got something that you deal with, that needs th- therapeutic help like that because Ryan Artest went through similar things mm-hmm. in terms of his right. mental health. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, if that's mental health, if that's a mental health issue, how long has that been going, going on? on. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, granted, Claude, I'm all for him getting treatment, but let's be clear, they ain't got a damn thing to do with him shooting a damn jump shot. Uh, right. Because if, yeah. if, right. Basketball, and- if basketball is your escape, Yep. Then you do everything you in that game to cancel, get away from, away from that. Cancel everything else out. But now, if the perpetrator is right next to you, yeah, it, it makes it harder. Well, it that it becomes something different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. It becomes something different. So my my, if I had any advice, my advice would be: Well, one, the question is, does he believe that he that he did it? Right. That's one. True. Two, if if there's some sort of beef within your family, then the only best way to to treat that mm-hmm. is to dissect it and disassociate, right. so you can focus on what on your what job is. Absolutely, and let them deal with what they what have, to deal, have with. to deal with. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. going to allow you to do what you need to do as mm-hmm. a player. There has to be some sort of right. dissection and and yeah. and separation from the bulls. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because if you ain't do it. Yeah. And there's an accusation between someone and your family. Let the family deal with it. Right. You go get the help you need to deal with right. the fact that you're dealing with and, a person that might have caused and, pain. 
And the yeah, NBA, bro. the NBA is very big. They have a segment now. They, they have a section, whole mental health section yeah. now. So you, you know, and but, a lot of players are coming this. out with they have mental health issues. But those are the, the differences. Those are the players are seeking the help. Right. But I will say this: right. most people didn't say nothing about it when he was getting a first team defense. When he was getting triple doubles, a la almost Oscar Robinson, they didn't think nothing about it. But mm-hmm. now his poor performances. Is coming up, right. and now his mental health is being yeah. is being questioned. Right, right. that that's could the, be yeah, could have could taken the toll. Yeah. Who knows? But what I do know is this: mm. when you are going to the basket, you just back somebody down, spent off, ball got loose, you got it, you turn around. Mm. That's a drop step dunk. You practice that at six ten. Mm. You don't you practice. That drop step after losing the ball to pass it to a cutter that's no. three feet in front of you. Not at all. So that's shook ones. Yep. I don't care what you say. We can say whatever we it want is. about mental health. I know one thing. A dunk's a dunk. That's right. And in that game, he thought Trey Young was coming over to foul him. Yep. So he passed Got it rid to of the ball. Yeah, the, uh, he did it He did it earlier he did in the it game. Too early. He did it earlier in the game, and George Hill bailed his ass out yeah. by making the basket. Yeah, yeah. So now here's what here's what I've always told. He's too tall for. All I was always I always learned this too. Even when the game's on the line, coaches understand who they want to have the ball when that game's on the line too. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I've always known is if you're a point guard and you defer to people. And this is strategy, one on one. If I deferred to make sure everybody was all right during the course of the game, then at the end of the game, when they got to foul people to try to get possessions back, I'm getting the ball. I didn't get y'all the ball. Okay, that's That's my time to shine and knock these things down because I know this is what I'm here to do. Yep. Point guards understand that. That's their job. You don't run away from the ball when the ball's on the line. Yeah. They have the ball the most time anyway. Listen. Right. Point guards right. understand that when that game's on the line, I'm about to knock these shots down because they got to follow us. It's the only and, way. And, right. and see, before, <laughs> we, take the the, before we take this Paul. first break, the right. frightening part in that whole situation with him is the simple oh. fact that it's a free throw. You're standing at the free throw line. No worry about defense. Can't nobody foul you again because you've already been fouled. And you got 10 seconds to shoot the ball. That's a different story. So think about that, folks. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we got some more comments from some Sixers personnel from last night. And we're just going to dive into this thing a little bit more, a little deeper. Claude, always, thanks for tuning in. Everybody else that's tuned in, Richard Drummond. So we'll be back in a few minutes. Folks, you are tuned in to Sports Rap right here on Heat 100 Radio. Listen to some music for a few seconds, and we'll be back right at you on the other side. Tuning in to this second part of the Sports Rap Podcast. We are continuing our Sixers talk right now. So, Doc, as the coach that he is, went with what he had. Um, several times when he, before the season actually started, he did his homework. And he was constantly was telling people, 
60% of the time that those two guys were on the court, the two alleged superstars or the two alleged budding superstars that we had, 60 to 65% of the time they were on the court together, they win. Mm-hmm. Which was not a lie. It was true. It was true. I mean, it was mostly JoJo, but as a coach, he understood initially JoJo's going to score the ball. But there's something that this other kid does that helps in that right now. Now I have to take what's here and figure out how all of this can work together. Okay? It was a benefit to bring in Danny Green, a veteran who was won championships. And Doc, as a coach, knew, okay, that can create some spacing for Joe to operate in the middle. Then they moved to, made the move for Seth Curry, which led me to believe that Doc and Daryl Morey understood, lost J.J. Redick. Danny Green is a guy, but he's, he's that corner three guy, which by far, if people don't know, is the shortest three-pointer in, in the freaking league, mm-hmm. in the game. It's the shortest one. But you had Seth, who ideally was coming off the bench, but you knew he had the potential to score. Yeah. Just by chance, with the makeup of the roster, he ended up being the starter at the two guard. So, well, it was lack of personnel that he had to do it. Danny Green, I heard. Danny, even before that, yeah, yeah, yeah even before yeah, yeah. that, yeah, there was there was nobody else. But no, I'm just saying the yeah. makeup of the roster, yeah. like understanding Ben as a coach and what you want to do with what you right. have, right. he kind of had no choice but yeah. to put Seth Curry in the start because <laughs> the, the 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 replacement between him and Josh Richardson was totally different. Mm. Okay. Josh had his moments, or he could yeah. give you moments. Seth, Seth. Seth was just more proven to be consistent than he was. Okay, and he's got the lineage, like Baldy said before. He's got the lineage. He's he's got he's got the lineage. Okay, so now you're at a point where Doc has been through an entire season, been through two playoff series. He understands what he has, and he understands now, I'm believing that he has to make a decision, not necessarily him, but a decision has to be made where I need a point guard. And it's a no-brainer because Doc was a point guard in the league. Okay, for a long time until I think this year, he was the Atlanta Hawks assist leader. Mm-hmm. career so it wasn't like he was just a player in the league he was a very good player okay and i don't think he won a title or anything but he was a very good player in the league okay and then you also have another point guard as his associate head coach who as a rookie won a championship but wasn't just a rookie he played a big role in that first championship that houston got as the point guard coming off the bench and then they ended up winning two. Yeah. So you got two. You got two extremely knowledgeable, high IQ point guards who have come now to the true understanding that 
it's a very good chance we got to take the ball out of this kid's hands. And also understanding where management stands, where it may take a lot of pulling the teeth to move him. As far as my, as far as management standpoint, because of their loyalty and things of that nature, so it may take a lot to move him. And then they also understand, like when you go back as far as to the James Harden rumors and all of that, and even the Kyle Lowry situation, which would have been great. But what Toronto was asking for was unacceptable for what they were trying to do, what their outlook was. It was unacceptable. Not for what they, not I, for I what like it, but not for what they was asking for. Because we definitely could have used him. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. He's fearless. Oh, so, there's oh. still a chance if they get management on board and talk to them and maybe make the right kind of conversation or have the right kind of dialogue with them, they can get Kyle because Kyle's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that might, it might be like So, there's a chance. It's still a chance. It may be a slim chance, but there's still a chance. But, the reason I'm saying this and the reason I'm saying, and, and like I said, I'm not taking anybody completely out of the woods or out of the water. Mm. You know, I understand Doc's situation and some of the mistakes that were coaching mistakes that are acceptable coaching mistakes. Because the situations that everybody's talking about him with the rotations, that happens at all levels. Okay? It's just, a, it's, that's an acceptable mistake. That's just coaching. It's just what it is. Call a spade a spade. But I think now they truly understand that something has to change. And I'm not sitting here necessarily saying, oh, you got to trade him, whatever, whatever. I'm just saying that now, after this year, more so than the past Brett Brown era, the coaching staff is understanding what they have, and they're understanding that some kind of change needs to be made in order for us, like Baldy said earlier, to get to that B A plus team. Hey, can I get real quick? Both of y'all answer a quick question. Y'all die hard six fans. Skill, skill one to ten. Is he gonna get traded? Starting with you. Who? Ben. One to ten. It's hard to say. Skill one to ten. I'm, I'm wait, I'm, I'm, I'm I can't, I can't I'm I can't really five. give you a scale on that. Go ahead, Baldy. I can't give you a I can't give you a, a number because <clears> one, it's our Doc Rivers is only coached the same for one year. Yeah, okay. One year. Right. This is his first year. Yeah. And in his first year, he's won 49 games. Yep. 49 and 23. We right. lost in a conference sentence. Right. The ironic part about that was right. he had the same record last year with the Clippers. Yeah, they lost in a conference sentence. They had more talent, right? Yeah. It's, it's the identical record right, right. with 49 and 23. Right. Identical record. Right. The only difference was the LA Clippers was in second place. Right, right. Mm-hmm. We no, were in first place. First seed, yeah. But it's almost a, it's almost the identical. Yeah, it's almost, a, yeah, it's almost right. a mirror so image. It's kind of crazy that if you have a type of record and a type of season like that, with the talent that you have, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy that you'd be willing to dissect some of those pieces to help you get that fifty. Right. But according to what you can get for a specific piece may determine whether or not he stays there because you got, I mean, some people don't want to trade. Uh, yeah, Honestly, I don't, I, I've never seen anybody trade an offensive guy 
to bring in a defensive guy unless they were loaded with offense. Right. Well, this team isn't loaded with offense. We're loaded with some defenders. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. you offset a defensive a defensive guy to bring in more offense. Right. Yeah. I mean, we were scoring over being something, so we know how to get at a bucket. Yeah. But right. we still got to get have somebody, and I'm go all the way back. I'm keep going back to this until we can get a secondary player, a la like a Jimmy Butler who can create their own shot they play along defense. with play defense. He ain't got to. He ain't got to play that much defense. for him though. Listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you're you're supplement you're supplementing defense. offense for, for defense. defense. Right, right. So if you got to move that piece right. to get an offensive weapon right. in there, you ain't yeah you're gonna lose that guy, but you still got defenders because your team is wrapped around defenders. So getting a guy, if they're gonna make a move. You go get a guy that you know who's a natural scorer, who can get at a bucket, who can create their own shot. They don't necessarily need a guy to set a pick for them. Mm -hmm. They just naturally know how to score. If you can get a guy like that, and it's not it's not going to cost you a truckload, then by all means do it. And then in that case, I would say is about an eighty percent chance that he's going to go. How about you, Jay? I can't. I can't give you again. Like what I said, I, I also can't give you um, a scale, a gauge on one to ten, because there's a lot of factors that go into it. Mm-hmm. A lot of what Baldy just said, and also mm-hmm. the the simple fact that the light success that you had mm-hmm. right now, and the strange, tricky business that the NBA is. It also depends on what teams are going to want in return. Mm-hmm. Because at, at this point right now, teams are not going to just take him alone. Oh, no. no you, you're, you're, they're not going to do that. They're, scared if he's not they're not going to do that. What teams are going to want, like they wanted with when they wanted Maxi or Thibel, they're going to want something as a security blanket to him. Because they already know what he's going to do. They know what he's going to do. They know his makeup. But... The biggest question, the biggest uncertainty is, will he ever change? Nope. So, yeah, so one of the things that teams are going to look at is, okay, we'll take him on. Like I said, again, because of the things that he does well. Defense. But y'all not just going to dump y'all problem on us. Y'all got to give us something else. They want Seth. You ain't giving up Seth. Well, people, don't, people didn't ask for Seth. People asked for Tyrese Maxey. And Matisse Thibault. I think some teams want to sell. Two, yeah, true. two key players, yeah. two players that had key roles in the Sixers' success. Try to make them weaker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about not that, so right? much, not so much make them weaker, right. but it's assets. Yeah, yeah. it's assets. Well, y'all lucky because Seth is better than both of you. That's my well, well, think I about. I mean, they're good, but Seth is a problem. But think but, about Doc Rivers. But just think, you before, before you go, ball. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. thing is, those two guys are good for this team. You're yeah, true, just like the other. That's two the guys. difference yeah. in right. why they backed off right. of a lot of that right. stuff. Right. No, like you're not gonna give us one person and yeah. take two away from us. Three. Not so yeah. much they want three, but you're not gonna take two of our players right. and give us one. Right, right. So now we had a deficiency. Like, I mean, I, when you look at Doc Rivers, right, and his old tenure with the Clippers, he was set seven years, he stayed there. Mm-hmm. So, that long? That long he was there for seven years. years. That was ten years. And at, mm-hmm. at no time mm-hmm. 
literally, when you look at his record, they've been first, first place, I think once. Mm-hmm. Once or twice. Once and or then twice they, and, and then he was second place right. yeah. pretty much the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. So they was always in contention for for the last seven years. Yeah. Yeah. They went to the they lost in the conference finals four times. They lost in the playoffs first round. First round a couple times. Once twice. or twice. Yeah. And then they I think they yeah. missed the playoffs yeah. one year. And, and, and then everybody harps on that he gave up three one leads. Listen, at the end of the day, there's a portion that, that's laid down on the players as well. Because they're Absolutely. the ones that have to execute what the coach Absolutely. is saying. Now, it's if like, they're executing it and it's not working, blame All the things would go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If, if, the, if what he's executing does not correlate to what's going on, on blame the blame coach. Blame the play on the coach. But now, if everything that this guy's telling them to do and they're not doing it and it's not material, you got to blame the players. You got to blame the players. Yeah. So you got to look at, you just can't look at his record and, right. and hold and, and say and, this, that, and third. Yeah. You got to look he at what he can't shoot the ball for. Right. Well, and that's one of the things I, I've tried to, that's one of the things I tried to explain to people. I mean, like, you can't a thousand percent blame the coach because, yeah. like Baldy said, I can say to you, look, I need yeah. you to go do this, I need you to go do A, B, and C. Yeah. But if you don't do it, is it really the coach's fault? It's not really the coach's fault because, like you said, the coach can't shoot the shot for you. The coach can't steal the ball for you. The coach can't shoot the free throw for you. All the coach can basically do is put you in the put you in the right position to be successful. So, again, like I said, I'm not completely washing him out where he just – couldn't get it together where he gave some of these guys an opportunity and it didn't pan out. So he had to adjust. He had to make changes. And for some reason, more times than not, players didn't perform the way he he had envisioned or expected them to perform. So um, I, I saw someone talk about being angry with Tobias, and you have every right to be, because he had a he had a hell of a season. And again, I still think I like he him. still think he should have been an All Star this season. But he had games he where he disappeared. He had portions of games in critical moments where he didn't perform he to the level that we saw in the regular season, hurt, which which hurt us. Not really, which hurt us down the stretch in the playoffs. Um, Also, like Claude mentioned um, this morning, that Danny Green being absent was a huge, huge deficit. And a lot of people have tried to make an argument that he's too old, all he does is shoot threes and whatever, whatever. So, again, a bad decision in game one to put Danny Green on Trey Young. Bad decision there. But he immediately changed that. You know, he saw it, he figured it out, and he changed it. But, again, when when you talk about the flow of the offense and the offense of the Sixers, our offense is all centered around Joel Embiid and his success. We know what JoJo can do. Okay? And I understand people are saying – he turns the ball over. Some people are even saying he flops. 
Um, I think he. I think he hits the ground a lot more than he should. Right. Yeah, I think he hits the ground a lot more than than he should. But again, you also have to understand the missing of Danny Green didn't allow that proper spacing. Because like I said, normally now without Danny Green and Ben Simmons on the court, teams are playing five on four. Okay? So it's easier to strategize and plot your double teams on Joel Embiid when that particular score, to keep the defense, to keep another defensive player honest is not there. And as a big doing the things that Joel does, it wears on you late in games. And I'm not saying that he couldn't fight through. He showed that he could fight through. He gave us 30, 40, and 39 in one of those games and in a couple of those games. He's done that all season. But like I said, when you lose a guy like Danny Green and you have the up-and-down roller coaster play of Tobias Harris, it becomes a burden. And then you add the injury on top of that. And again, I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to paint a picture and analyze how this thing develops as a, from a coaching standpoint. That heightens the fatigue now. And people also have to understand, you the main scorer, you got two, three bodies running at you every time you down the court, hands on. That adds to your fatigue. Okay? It's not like he ain't getting touched. And I understand, and we all know that the refereeing has been atrocious for the past couple years, which was no help. But that's another added factor. When they don't call fouls that should be called, they call, they call some fouls on him on the offensive end that are usually or that have been labeled as natural big man moves. Okay? It weighs on you. And then I said, and you compound that with a knee injury to a player 7-2, it's a difference than that same injury on a player 6-2. Okay? So, I give Joel Embiid a hell of a lot of credit because he could have very easily have said after a game or two or whatever, like, look, I'm coming up on a max deal, which he is. I'm coming up on a max deal. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and ride this out and wait out and uh, wait till I get my deal. I, I ain't. But he showed to the city and he proved to the city that he embraced what the fan base is about in this city. He took it upon himself to perform and he tried to perform. And his statement on his on his Instagram this morning, and I quote, Sorry to disappoint you again, but just know that I gave everything I had, knowing the circumstances. If there's one thing I've learned being here, it's the toughness this city has, and that's why I played with a, with, with a torn meniscus. Thank you for the support all year long. I will always appreciate y'all. End quote. I want to tell... Joel and B, thank you, brother. Because in this climate of soft players, you dug down deep, 
Yeah. And you played on an injury that could could have truly did something to your body long term. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So on that on that end, I would I would congratulate mm-hmm. him for put putting them numbers up the way he did. Yeah. yeah. And, and fighting through whatever all the things he had to fight through. Yeah. You know, when I when I look at the structure of this team, you know, we could talk about all the things that's wrong. And then we could talk about the minimal things that need to be fixed. There are more things that are right with this team than wrong. Right. Despite the fact that we can go in and try to dig in the crease and look at, there are more things that are right about this team than there are wrong. And when, I mean, I did not expect them to go to finals. Everybody asked me that. Everybody asked me that. I didn't think. Before the playoffs started, people were asking, do you think we can win a championship? And what I said was, at this point, I don't think we can compete for a championship. How did you come to finals? I'll tell you why. Well, I, one of us was right and one of us was wrong. But Boston. <laughs> I didn't believe in Boston or Milwaukee. Well, I'm going to let you finish. Listen, finish. all I'm saying is, I'm telling you what I saw before the playoffs. Right, right. And before the right. playoffs started, you still had a healthy Lakers team. Mm-hmm. Right. You still had a Nets team that was getting healthy, even though they did not play together all year. Mm-hmm. Right. You still had a Milwaukee team. That wasn't struggling, but they were still the guys that want that was there last year. Yeah. So when you look at all the pieces that was around, I just felt like we can compete in the playoffs, but I still felt like right. we were missing some in another score. Right. And that was going to come back to hurt us like because we right. we were going to have to rely on yeah. the inconsistency of a Tobias Harris right. and the inconsistency, inconsistency ben, ben. of a bench. Mm-hmm. So that was my concern going true, into it. True, true. Right now, do I feel like we overachieved? No, I think we ended up right where I thought we was yeah. going to end up. Right, true. Yeah. Did I think it was going to be to the Hawks? Hell no. Yeah. Right. But in the playoffs, it is what it is. Before, can I change that? I'm about to say Eastern Conference Finals because if they well, went to the final, they were going to lose to the Bucks team. I just felt that they didn't believe in yeah. Boston or Milwaukee. I felt like I felt losing yeah. Jimmy Butler was a problem. Was a problem. And then yeah. that yeah. we were going and, to play without. Him. Yeah, he and kept telling me so, the contract. He said they couldn't pay the money. Remember he told well, me? no, it was yeah. an issue. It was an issue with the coaching. It was yeah. an issue with the coach. Jimmy Butler was not going to play for Brett, for Brett Brown. Brown. Yeah, but that, that had was he known Doc Rivers was coming, he probably, he probably would have stayed. So, so my take on it was with the hiring of Doc Rivers, I felt like. We could get to the conference finals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I felt like that, right. yeah. and, and I felt like that because I was familiar with the coaching staff, and I was familiar what Doc did with Boston, with the Eagles that he coached and won a championship in Boston. He won the chip with them. Right. So I felt like he could get more out of the players than Brett Brown could. Of course. Okay. So I did feel like they could have got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Now, what I also felt was a lot of things that Baldy said I agree with was mm-hmm. the bench was way too inconsistent for us to truly have a run at the Larry O'Brien Trophy. That's what I felt like. Mm-hmm. So uh, I also, as someone said earlier, mm-hmm. do not feel like 
Well, somebody said they feel like they overcheat. I'm agreeing in agreement with Baldy. I don't feel like I don't feel like they overachieved. I feel like they were where they should have been. And in a small way, although the way it played out is disheartening and disappointing, when you look at the grand scheme of things, you can somewhat easily say this can be the learning mechanism for them to take the next step. But there has to be a jump. There has to be some very, very deep, intense dialogue all the way across the board. And that's as far as coaching staff having their input on giving management what they need to get to that A-plus team and then management willing to do the things that they need to do to help get them to that A-plus. That's my question real quick before we close out to that. You feel as though, like like we said, you feel as though they're supposed to change. They're going to have to change. Well, you, you want to hear my change? Quick, quick, yeah. You want to hear my change? Yeah. Here's my change. And, and now that Claude has brought uh, <laughs> mental health into it, I did my research. I found out that he has achieve me phobia. Oh, wow. It's a fear of success. Achieve me phobia, he's a fit, it's a Fear of getting better. You scared? And there's a complacency that comes along with diagnosis. The complacency is I'm okay where I'm at. That's and I believe he believe I believe that he <laughs> honestly Claude said laugh out loud, you know. Yeah, Claude, you know <laughs> us. You know <laughs> us, bro. We do our homework here. Listen, uh, Claude, you and I have been in clinical studies. For over 10 years, brother, dealing with mental health. And we understand that therapeutic devices do work for some people. But you first got to acknowledge that you have Absolutely. an issue. Yeah. Absolutely. Like so the beginning on. of yeah. all that right. is that. Yeah. But if you want to know what my right. tweaks is, right. there are four traits that possibly could happen for Ben Simmons. Right. One, Ben Simmons goes to San Antonio oh. for DeRozan. And Lonnie Walker. You, you like that? Hell yeah. Okay. All right, go ahead. He's a mid-range scorer, and Lonnie Walker is a defender. Okay. And he's young, just like them. Right. And he can get it done. He's athletic. Yeah. Right. And then you have... That's one. Then you have... A, then you, before you go on, then you have a second option as a closer aside exactly. Joel late in games. Because right. DeMarcus Rosen can still get that done. He can oh, yeah. be the other guy. Oh, and he can defend. <laughs> Claude said he thinks it's the fear of failing or the fear of looking bad to others. Right. Yeah. 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 That's already done. Great, great that, point. That, that achieved me yeah. right. Great point. Second would be him going to Utah, which I don't like, for Mike Conley and Uduka. That's mm-hmm. not something that yeah. I want. Oh, Mike Conley makes the about injuries. 250 yeah. million. And then you got to add in. Right, right. You got to add in the injuries so, with yeah, Conley. That's not something that yeah, I would do. Uh, he can go to the Cavs for, for old Kevin Love. Kevin Love, wait a minute. I'm just telling you. He has middle problems too. I'm just telling you Kevin that Love. these are specific But the difference trades. is Kevin Love acknowledges his mental health issues and he's working. And Kevin Love can still shoot. Right. Too old. Right. That's the thing. He'll shoot. He's old. So what? But he'll, he'll shoot the ball. Which would you have? An old shooter shoot or a young joker that won't shoot? You take your pick. <laughs> then you can send him Chicago. to Houston. Yeah. For who? 
for John Wall. Mm-hmm. John Wall's been injured too. He's he's mm-hmm. an injury kind of a guy, but so has Ben Simmons. He came yes. in the league injured. Yes. Only problem is you be giving up Ben Simmons and George Sorry. Hill, which I could do, mm-hmm. knowing I got two young jokers that mm-hmm. can, they got more experience now. Right. And they're younger, right. and they can get scored, right. and mm-hmm. now have a problem with defending. You know what right. I mean? So you got four different things. Kevin Love, I'll probably wipe that off the table. I would. Mm-hmm. I, I would probably wipe off the whole uh, uh, Mike Conley deal. Yeah. Yeah. But the one with San Antonio yeah, like that. and the Houston deal right. are two deals that I would I would I would look into. I would look into those deals because one gives me a veteran who can be a scorer and a young guy who's athletic and can defend. The other gives me a guy who also can score, but he's injury prone. Right. Right. So. Rose are good. Rose you, you you start now, looking into things yeah. that you can bring. Yeah, you start looking into things right that, that you can have. So so I like I like the the thought of the um, San Antonio thing mm-hmm. with Delani Walker and Demar Derozan yeah. right. because Pop is leaving and then oh, he retired? yeah and there's a yeah, he retired see, and there's a also, there's a chance that that would begin what we like to call a rebuild for San Antonio. Right. And DeMar DeRozan might not want to be completely part of that. Um, one of the other ones I like is, or what I've talked about and I mentioned to people, is the Portland thing. Right. Um, we know now, with Terry Stotts being gone, that, and Dane, I think, is a free agent or mm-hmm. coming up with free agency. He's coming up. That that could possibly go left for them, and I don't actually see making a move for Dane with salary cap issues for the Sixers right now, but I would definitely uh, like to see them inquire about C.J. McCollum. I also like the, although they made some moves to attempt to get better this past season at the trade deadline, I also would like to see if anything changed or how they could have some dialogue with Chicago for Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me run, let me run down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. I'll give you 10 free agents. That's about mm-hmm. a quick 10. You got Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. He is, he has player option. Kawhi Leonard has player option. Mike Conley, unrestricted. Kyle Lowry, unrestricted. DeMar DeRozan, unrestricted. He's all bird clauses as well. Otto Porter Jr., unrestricted. Victor Oladipo, unrestricted. Dragic, he has a team option. Mm -hmm. Tim Hardaway Jr., unrestricted. Dennis Schroeder, unrestricted. Mm -hmm. Danny Green, unrestricted. So you're looking at guys in the top, the top 10 guys that you would look at possibly picking up. I think that's Spencer Dinwiddle. Dinwiddie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Dinwiddie. I said Dinwiddle. Dinwiddie. Will be a hell of a pickup. How about Tim Hardaway? Yeah. Like yeah, I like Tim Hardaway too. Yeah. Now but the other thing is a hell of a pickup because he was he 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 became a starter mm-hmm. due to injury, yep. and he yeah. should have stayed a starter. Should have stayed a starter, yeah. And that's yeah. a guy that you can right. you probably can pick him up and put him right in there. Yeah. The the other thing the other thing I like about Dallas, I think Dallas is in that same situation. Um, what I kind of mentioned where, where it looks like they might be. Because of coaching situation, they might be um, going into uh, a rebuild 
state or beginning to go into a rebuild state. Uh, there was talk about Porzingis being unhappy, being in the second mm. second role. Mm -hmm. So there is a slim chance that Porzingis could be had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he said he's, he's unhappy. Happy. And the other thing, um, no, as there was talk, hell yeah, I take as there was talk, as there was talk throughout the season, as there were talk throughout the season, and another vacancy at the head coaching spot, the Washington Wizards, Bradley Bill. Which is something I think would be the hardest. Because it's in the division. Because it's in the division one. And I don't think they want to just knock the bottom out immediately. Yeah, not yet. I think okay. they still, right. still got something left. Yeah, they still got a little something there. Yeah. Um, because Hachimura is emerging. Mm -hmm. So to pry Bradley Bill away from the Wizards. Although in the division, like I said, that would be uh, something. But just to pry him away with the state of that team, fighting to make it into the playoffs, is something that would be would be super super hard. Ben Simmons ended up with the Washington Washington Wizards, and he had to be over there with Russ. Russell Westbrook would lose his mind. They'd be arguing every day, huh? There ain't no argument. He'd be cussing him out. Shaq's in his, and Shaq's maybe, maybe him. that's what he did. Maybe. And, and you know, it's Shaq's funny. It's oh, funny. And it's <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's funny. And, and, and again, I give a lot of credit to JoJo because JoJo mentioned that. Um, he mentioned that. He said the critical of Simmons, who's critical of Simmons in a bad sequence, including, same thing we said, passing up that wide open layup. Yeah, was was the turning point of the game, and that's, that's what like, I felt like yesterday was the turning point of the game. So I give again, I give credit to JoJo for now beginning to understand. I'm starting to emerge as the leader mm -hmm. of this team. So now, well, not it's a lot of ways you can lead, but yeah. I think he's truly coming to grips and starting to understand that he could emerge as the official leader to the full extent of the word leader yeah. where like he got into yeah. Tobias Harris the other night mm -hmm. where he makes these critical comments about Ben. I think he's starting to get into that and see where he can go with that. And he's starting to express it. Um, I just think he's still young. So it's not at the level of where an AI was when AI became the leader of this team like Shaq said, he would punch him in the face where Shaq became the leader on teams. There's a difference in leadership. And I think JoJo got that. I think JoJo has it. Yeah, I think he has. Yeah, but he's so young that I don't think it's fully there yet, but I think he's scratching the surface where he's beginning to see what could be. He don't want to throw him under the bus. Well, he threw him under the bus. Shit, not so much threw him under the bus. He just called. He, but not so much that. He just called the spade a spade. Like we do here. He kept it 100 like we do here. He called the spade a spade. And it's not so much that he threw him under the bus. I'm going to give Ben Simmons some advice. What you talking about? If anybody knows Ben Simmons personally, and you listening, here's some advice. Magic Johnson has an old video where he talks about 
them calling him Tragic oh Johnson. Oh, God. I wanna hear, I'm gonna let and <laughs> if you go back and watch this video, you need to get Magic a DVD Johnson didn't leave and the house. And had that on repeat. He didn't leave the house the entire summer. Mm-hmm. He was depressed. My favorite player. Because he went from superstardom to one moment defining who he was as a player. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, that layup right now is defining you as a player. Absolutely. If you need to talk to somebody, you need to be talking to Magic Johnson and find you know, out what he did and to get through that depressive yeah, moment. And, and now that you now that you yeah. broke that down, and I don't recall him saying he was depressed about the situation, but you could even possibly argue talking to Jason Kidd. Because you remember when he was in Dallas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they called him Ace and Kid because he didn't have a J. Yeah, yeah. But 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 later on in his career, yeah. he emerged yeah. and ended up leading, helped lead the Nets to the finals twice. Mm-hmm. So there was something there that clicked. Yeah. So there's another person, like I said, I don't know if he was he actually, right. I don't understand if he was as depressed in that situation. Yeah, but that somebody else that could be used as a stepping stone, yeah. as are, like some are, mentorship for some this kid. Devices. But but the bottom line is. Jason Kidd, true. We we know what it is. It's the complacency true. issue, and we also know that it's he now dogs on his team, It's man. now gotten to yeah. yeah it's now dog. gotten to a point where Dennis Rodman, not even Dennis Rodman, but it, it now has gotten to the point with the Ben Simmons situation where you don't even really want to discuss it anymore because you get disgusted. And what makes it even worse is, and I keep reverting to this, but I, I understand now fully what it is, but it's become, it makes it seem difficult because he does some things very well. But the bottom line is him not shooting the ball, not wanting to shoot the ball has gotten, it's not scary. It's gotten to a point where you're, you're tired of it, where Something needs to change, whether it be a trade, whether you take the ball out of his hands, whatever. But it's gotten to that point where it's now a legitimate factor, besides from all the talk and the chatter, it's known now something has to change. Yeah, something's change. And you can't wait any longer. Like, he's been given opportunities. He's been given time to change. But now it's to the point where, we know he's not gonna change it on his own. Listen, you know how I look at you know I look at Ben Simmons? It it, it has to be some change there. Yeah, it gotta be. I look at Ben Simmons like this. And when we talk about the things he can do. Let's just say you got a thirteen year old kid. Right. They clean their room off when you ask them, they wash the dishes, right. you know, they do their homework, they do all that. But they got a problem. With peeing and doodling on themselves at 13. Oh, crap. So you got a serious issue on your hand. Right, right. Yep. So you're going to say, hey, I'm just going to let him pee and do here on himself. <laughs> at least he cleaned his room. At least this is Ben Simmons. Right. 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 At least Ben Something Simmons has plays to be defense. Done. At, least he, yeah. at least he can rebound that's, and score. Yeah, yeah but that's he's becoming. Yeah. On the team. Ah, that's becoming ah, yeah, that's becoming that saying, that's becoming that violent story now. We can't it, it, whatever. That that's becoming but that's becoming the moot point now. The thing even though he does those things well and I agree he does those things well, it's becoming a moot point now. Where it doesn't even matter. It doesn't. 
It used where to, you're at the point now where he was second for defense player there. Right now, I don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. He's second team All NBA. He's a three time All Star. I don't give a well, that shit. Should be now good value you know to market him to put him on the boat. Yeah, to get some good goods back. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't. None of that. Buyers. Yeah, none of that. Yeah. None of that matters now. Right. Because now, with like Baldy said, with that one particular play, you are now defined by that play. And somebody made a good point. The other, I, Big Fred, Big Fred yesterday. I think it was Big Fred who said, I, I think it was Big Fred. It was either Big Fred or my or my other old head, Barn. But they said, uh, if there's a place that he would he he could truly fit in, it would be Golden State. Because right. he wouldn't be required to right. score. Right. He could be a facilitator, mm-hmm. a big body, to yep. set up. Shots for other guys. That would be a perfect place for him to be. But what do they have that we need? Right. Draymond does that. Or could it be a three-team deal that Mm -hmm. they could pull some because Golden State going to have some draft picks coming up. Mm -hmm. So who who could you market him to to use as trade bait here? So you Mm -hmm. send him there, you get trade bait there, and we get this there. Right. Who could that? Who could that? Well, be? we don't really want the draft pick. We got enough we draft, draft picks. Draft. We don't need the draft pick. We, we need, need bodies. Players. Yeah, yeah we need the bodies. We need the players. We need. We need jumpers that's going to be able to mold. Right, right, right. So yeah. if there's a three-player deal, because there's got to be something in his contract about trading him, and mm-hmm. I know he got a couple. I'm telling you, man. This he he has his his contract includes. 15% trade kicker. So there, there's a trade kicker in this co- contract where the percentage of, of his contract comes off. Right. Mm-hmm. And it stays to the team that trade him, not to the team that gets him. Right. So it doesn't go against... Our cap. Yeah, the cap. Yeah, it won't go against our cap for exactly. trading him. And so when you look at what, what you can get for him right. in terms of what his resume is... Mm-hmm. Okay, well, a team like Golden State could use him. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a healthy clay back. You're going to have Steph. arguably the MVP because to me, Steph was the MVP. Mm-hmm. And then you got a guy like Ben Simmons on that team. Mm-hmm. He's, I would kind of say, Andre Ingadala who don't like to shoot. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And so you got and- a guy Yo, and he's a round shooter. That's that's a perfect they example. They're gonna beat him in the gym and make him look, shoot. Yeah, Clay that's a perfect example. You get what I'm saying? Because yeah, you look, right. Andre Iguodala ended up winning a Finals MVP. Perfect right. example. Clay, right, Clay coming back. Now. But he'll perfect be example. with individuals. Right. You're talking mental health. You get around people that that you can Whoa. teach you that. Right. Yeah, Clay, Here we right. in Philly, and, and I think and, that uh, I the, think that helped Iguodala. Most definitely, yeah. it, it most definitely did because his his shooting percentage went up when he got to go. Mm-hmm. He was in threes. Yeah, well, you around three point shooters. Yeah, yep. what do you think they doing in the gym? Clay Absolutely. So if you're going to help this kid and you want to yep. find a way to help this kid, yeah, he get that. He a problem. You can send him there, right? Mm-hmm. If that e- if that's even a possibility, right? And I'm pretty sure on contractual devices and and go to state. They only got two hitters on their contract. Yeah. That takes a lot of the money. Right. Yep. 
But then you got to go down the list. A lot of dudes making eight, seven million dollars an hour, uh, seven million a year. A year. Right. You bringing a twenty-six million dollar guy over, twenty-seven million dollar guy over, it ain't really hitting your cat. Right. Right. And this dude's going to be around shooters. They're going to work him as a shooter. He'll be able to start shooting. I don't know what it is about him in his Sixers uniform that don't make him want to shoot. Yeah. But the opportunities to score, he got more opportunities to score here than he would have there. Absolutely. But it would be perfect to send him there since he don't want to shoot. Put him on a team with Jokers. That's that's all they do is shoot. That's all they do is shoot. Absolutely. And then you be the rebounding champ. Yep. (laughs) Yes, indeed. You be the rebounding champ. So with that being said, that concludes today's session, Sports yeah. Rap. I hope everyone that was tuned in got some insight, some solid insights, a little better understanding of the situation, situation. And, and what's going on. And, and um, you know, we're going to end that now with the oh, yeah. closing out of the show. So closing out, it's your boy, Sports Rap D. You know where to get me. At SportsRap D underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. You can get us all on Facebook, the group page, SportsRap Podcast, the webpage, SportsRapRadio.com, YouTube, SportsRap TV, and the audio will go up probably tomorrow on iHeart, Anchor, and most of your podcast outlets. Baldy? Uh, you can reach me at Aaron Baldy Moore on Facebook, a ball 75 on Instagram. You can reach me on Facebook, uh, on 2418, uh, Frank, Frank 2418 Instagram. That's a wrap, folks. Be great on purpose. It was a little cloudy earlier. The sun is now beginning to come out. Yeah. Great way to start off your work week. Unfortunately, it's not as great as we expected. But nonetheless, you had us here to help try and smooth some things over. Stay tuned to us all week long on social media, and we'll be right back here next Monday. Yeah. See ya. Chicken now. <laughs> talk about talk about the damn sixes. <laughs>